Welcome to Ask Cadence, everybody, the project management podcast. My name is Pete Wright, and I'm sitting here around the table with Scott Lissett. Hello, Scott. Pete, good to see you again. It's been a very long time, my friend. Thanks for joining us. Sure. And uh, John Patton. Hello, John. Hasn't Hello, been Pete. so long. He hasn't been so long. Always glad to talk to you. Good to see you. I think we have a, uh, a really interesting topic today uh, uh, that we're going to kick off. I think it's interesting for a number of reasons. Uh, first, it's interesting because this we're bringing up a, a project management or, or a, a field of human behavior study in the context of project management, uh, discussing behavioral models and the importance of them that has been, uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's been around for a while. And yet uh, there is, uh, you know, we have a, a sort of a new take on why these things are important and why understanding behavioral models in, in the project management is important. And, and uh, so we thought we would share a little bit of our thoughts uh, around the table with uh, our gracious audience today. So Scott, I, I think, uh, can you kick us off and, uh, and let us know why, why are we talking about these things? Sure, Pete. And uh, the reason why this is important for projects um, is because uh, from a project perspective, uh, oftentimes it's the uh, interpersonal um, uh, interplay between uh, team members, between project manager and uh, other stakeholders, between just about anybody on the project, that can sometimes make or break the project. Uh, it's, it's not just the uh, technical uh, aspects that are important. Uh, we're always working with other people and it's such a critical factor in understanding project success. Because you can have all the art and science of project management down to a T. If your people aren't working well together, it's Absolutely. does no good. Absolutely. You can have the world's greatest schedule, but as you said, if people cannot coordinate effectively with each other, uh, then they're going to have trouble. So uh, we have uh, looked at this from three different angles. We've looked at it from the individual one-to-one uh, uh, -one, uh, relationships. Uh, we've looked at uh, teams or groups. Uh, and we've looked at it from cultural perspectives because in this uh, global environment that we're in today, a lot of projects find that there are, they're working with teams from different countries. So uh, first of all, awareness that there are uh, individual or uh, group types or patterns or uh, cultural um, uh, patterns. And so first of all, awareness, and then we're going to talk about some specific uh, tools and models that we can use to uh, try to assess behavior uh, in all three of these areas. And uh, Scott, um, in, in our research, you know, for applications here, uh, we've realized that, that in, in, at the individual level, we're talking about work behavioral models. So we, we try to stay away from general psychology uh, in abnormal psychology. So work behavioral models and work behavioral motivation. Uh, sorts of models. We, we restricted it to those uh, two areas. Good. So, so how do you start? I mean, let's, uh, let's, uh, so we're going to narrow it down. We're going to start with the individual uh, models we're talking. We're not just talking about, you know, how team members work together, but how interpersonal relationships function on a project, whether between team members and, and sponsors and project managers. How do you start? Well, we're also talking about uh, being able to understand what are some of the types or preferences of the people who are involved on the project team. So if a project manager 
um, is aware of some of these factors, they can then give somebody on the team a, an, an, an assignment or a, or a task which would be uh, better suited for their own type. Uh, so uh, that's also added to the mix as well. Um, and uh, one popular tool, uh, which has been around for a while, but I think is uh, in a lot of different uh, business settings now, is the Myers-Briggs, or the MBTI, as it's called, the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator. And uh, in this tool, uh, there are 16 different combinations of, um, or 16 different types. Uh, and they define uh, somebody's uh, preference for how they behave. Um, and there are uh, four different letters that are used. So if you've ever been in a meeting and somebody says, hey, uh, do you know that Joe is an ENTJ? Uh, you may not know yes. what they're talking about, but that's how people who use Myers-Briggs speak. They, right, they, they speak they, in code. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> and, and so there are, four, there are four letters in the code. And uh, the uh, first letter is either E or I. It's, so it's, that signals either extroverted behavior or introverted behavior. Um, the uh, uh, second code is uh, N or S, and that stands for in intuitive or sensing. Uh, intuitive is uh, more of a, um, uh, more of a uh, thoughtful approach, um, whereas sensing is uh, more of a concrete um, uh, physical senses. Uh, we all have five senses. And uh, yeah, John, Scott, please add. Yeah, Scott, I've heard that the, the eyes are people that are very good at describing where the rubber meets the sky. You mean the ends, I think. The, uh, the ends. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Is it ends or eyes? I don't know. It's ends. Uh, it's ends. Yeah. Yeah. N and S. Yeah. So the intuitive people are very broad thinkers. And, and they like to, to look at the big picture, big talk about strategies. Yeah. Yeah. I resemble that remark. <laughs> and sensing people are, are more into the physical aspect. In the structure. Now, kind of stuff. Right. And, um, you know, I should say that most people are somewhere in the continuum. So it's not either one or the other. But uh, uh, most people have, have, have elements of both, but they have a preference uh, where they find themselves working in one uh, side more than the other. The third letter is T or F, thinking or feeling. Um, and so this is about uh, being more comfortable in the world of thoughts. Uh, or uh, mental processes versus um, more comfortable in the world of feeling. And uh, how does that show itself? Uh, and so um, a uh, classic uh, way of uh, distinguishing thinking and feeling is um, if uh, somebody says, well, uh, we, we really should think hard about this new policy because um, it could really impact uh, everybody in the group in a very hard way. Uh, so that would be an example of a more feeling kind of uh, behavior. And the, the last letter is a J or a P, which is judging or perceiving. And uh, judging is assigning uh, value to things that we see. So uh, a chair isn't just a chair, but it might be too small, it might be too big, it might be too uncomfortable. So I'm judging this uh, chair, whereas a perceiver type more um, may be comfortable saying, well, this is a chair.
Okay. Uh, right. And uh, so, so there are, are, you know, layer upon layer of complexity here, which we don't need to get into, but um, it is uh, very simple to um, uh, give people um, uh, multiple choice uh, tests to assess where they are on this. And then uh, for project managers or functional managers uh, to then um, take this into account on teams. Well, and, and that really is, the, is I think, the, the germane question of, of all of this. Why, uh, where does the rubber meet the sky in terms of using these well, different behavior models in a, the context of day-to-day -day management of a project? I'll take that on, Pete. Uh, it, it really is uh, to enable team members and projects to understand themselves and others better in a work environment. So we've taken everybody through the project plan. They've kind of gelled as a team. But still, if, if we have no knowledge of work behaviors of other people, we tend to be intolerant. And so uh, afterwards, it's just a really nice way to set the team appreciating each other by taking them through a work behavioral profile. And uh, in, in doing this, we always say, well, it's confidential, and if you decide to share your profile, it's voluntary. And people are sort of covering their hands up as they're answering and taking uh, the test or instrument, and, and then they start showing people their results and talking about themselves in the context of their profile. I, um, I, I don't want to derail us too much because I know we want to talk about some other models that are, are you know, appropriate in the context of project management, but I do want to ask you guys this. What are the potential risks in using a model like this? What, what do the critics say uh, about why it, you may want to be wary or potentially not use these types of models in the project management context? Well, well one is called typecasting. So a person says, I'm an ENTJ, I'm going to be dominant and opinionated, and I'm not going to change. Okay, so w really what this does is it enables a person to see what their strengths and weaknesses are, and their strengths come naturally, and they can work on pulling up their weak areas consciously. Um, and that a person can only handle one kind of activity on a job. That's all called typecasting. And so we, we do this for the purposes of understanding. And uh, there's also a, a risk of uh, labeling people. Uh, so once somebody gets labeled as an introvert, let's say, uh, now we're just going to give them assignments where they can shut their door or uh, sit at their desk all day long and never talk with anybody um, during the day. Yeah, and that that's might the minority report response, <laughs> right? So we, we really want to emphasize there is no bad profile and particularly for the judges that, that uh, Scott talked about, we're interested in perception and not assigning some kind of value judgment to the chair, to the person. Absolutely, there is no right and wrong. Right. And we all have qualities of all types. So what we're trying to do is, uh, for example, in the extrovert versus the introvert uh, model, uh, one of the qualities of uh, an extrovert is that they tend to, to think as they speak. So uh, they will speak in order to think something through, whereas the introvert will think it through first and then say it. That's the ready, aim, fire versus ready, ready. fire, aim. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And so if we know that uh, Sally is an extrovert on the team, we know that she's probably going to talk during the team meetings as she's thinking something through. From, from what you're saying, strategically, as a project manager, if you're aware and have had these discussions with your team members, 
then, and, and you have an awareness that, that every element on the, the uh, Myers-Briggs indicator or any of these is, is, is full of gray area, you end up using these more strategically. Would that be fair to say, you know, very much I, so. I, I know that this, this task might challenge Sally, but I also know that she's very thoughtful and will be able to get through it if we're not on a deadline. In applications, Pete, I really wouldn't want people, you know, treating this like astrology and beginning, you know, overthought, over uh, calculation and assigning tasks. Tasks get assigned to people who have the expertise to do the work, not based on their uh, personality or work behavioral uh, profile. Uh, you know, this is not a requirement to give the instrument to the team and have them feel it out. However, the experienced practitioner learns to read people and learns to talk in language which is more receptive. That person will be more receptive to. And, and, and this is just one factor yeah. that any manager will look right. at. Right. Uh, so this, this along with everything else, job performance, uh, expertise, years of experience, you know. So, so on. Uh, are there are there other models we oh, should yeah. bring up before we uh, before we break? Yeah, sure. Let, just let me uh, yeah. identify you. Let's go back 400 BC to Hippocrates. <laughs> uh, Hippocrates <laughs> came up with uh, uh, the four humors, which later um, uh, on in, in the Middle Ages became uh, the four types of people: sanguine, melancholy, choleric, and phlegmatic, uh, or peaceful uh, type person. Um, also, with, uh, with four uh, sort of categories is something called DISC, which stands for Dominance, Influence, Steadiness, and Conscientiousness, or Cautiousness. And then there's something called um, uh, Strengths Development uh, Inventory, and uh, that has about seven, uh, and it, it's known for colors. Blue, which is people are interested in the feelings of others. Red, which is assertive, strong, dominant. Uh, green, which is more analytical, and a hub, which is flexible to these three types. And they're, they're the in-between types. So you get a total of seven there. And then the, the one which is, uh, in my opinion, the most complex, the Belbin uh, work behavioral profile, which has three kinds of people in the action orientation, the shaper, the implementer, and the finisher. Uh, three uh, types of people uh, in the people-oriented ones, the coordinator, team worker, and investigator, and then uh, the thinkers, which are uh, the plant, the monitor, and the specialist. In, in, in all of these profiles, Pete, Scott, you see you know, some, some thought around dominance, thought around verbalization, thought about people who get work done, and people who like to contemplate and think before they act because they're interested in precision. Somewhere in all of these, you're going to see these orientations. Yeah. And so each, each have people with preferences for using them around the world. Well, speaking of preferences around the world, in your experience, uh, is there one of these uh, uh, you know, instruments that is better suited for project management than another that you would recommend, or, or do they all uh, have their place? Even inside Cadence, Pete, we all have our favorites. Uh, my favorite used to be DISC, and then it kind of migrated to Myers-Briggs. And most recently, I found that SDI, the Strengths Deployment uh, uh, inventory has, has been powerful because it, because it addresses not only the individual but the group uh, level of behavior. And um, uh, there is a, there's yet another category too which we haven't talked about which is 
uh, leadership assessment instruments too. Uh, so um, what uh, I've seen, uh, m I've seen management use um, some of these instruments in uh, choosing project managers uh, or assigning project managers to very important projects. This is a, a, a fascinating discussion. I think we've just hit sort of the tip of the iceberg. So uh, uh, let's let's pick this up again and go to the, our, our next uh, the next big category uh, next week. Uh, in, in the meantime, uh, uh, thank you both very much for for at least launching this discussion and taking your time today. Uh, on behalf of Scott Lissett and John Patton, my name is Pete Wright. Thank you all for downloading and listening, and we will uh, catch up with you again on Ask Cadence.